Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. We're back again. Uh, it's September. I think it was September last week as well, but who looks at calendars anymore? Just look at your phone. Uh, as always, I am Illegal86 and I am joined by the Little Miss Nerd Bomber. I don't know why I called you Little Miss Nerd Bomber. That seems wrong. Just You know, I'll embrace it. I am the Little Miss Nerd Bomber. It's lol, like LLL. Yeah. Right, Lil like Mix. a rapper, like a rapper name. Uh, do you want to drop any any uh, sick rhymes on us right now, or are you gonna save? My those? name is Nerd Bomber. I am not a turd bomber. Bam! That's all I got. Well, that's pretty good. That might be something to edit out later, or not. <laughs> I I mean I think we put that on the contrary. I think we take that and we put it right on the front over our theme song. That should um, just be the new theme song. Someone just has to lay me down some sick beats. Right. Just jump right in. Uh, w- one of us, I'm not going to name any names, has been complaining about the length of our theme song. So I'm, I, th- this would be a lot shorter. So it'd be great. You know, might be a best of both worlds situation. The other person you hear talking is uh, Tactic. How do you do? How, I do. How do you do? No, that was a Heidi do. No, I did Heidi? that last week. Heidi do. You mean howdy do? No, no, no. Heidi do. That's what I'm going with. I'm not sure I, I follow that, but... You know, whatever well, floats your boat, man. To, to all our listeners out there, we wish you a Heidi do, and uh, thanks for coming back and, and spending some time with us. Uh, we have some things to talk about today, as usual. Uh, we're going to be talking about some James Bond news, um, or I, I guess more like James Bond speculation, but it kind of kind of jumps off... The jumping off point is, is some news. Um, we're going to be, of course, talking about the biggest news that has dominated the sports world and essentially all of Twitter for the past weekend, which was the Antonio Brown madness. And if you don't know what I mean, we'll, we'll get into it. And then of course we're going to be talking about uh, video games. Cause after all, this is, uh, I guess you could say a nerd inclined podcast. And uh, we're going to be talking about borderlands three because first reviews are coming out today for the game. That's going to be released this coming Friday. So a lot to get into and um, we can just dive right the heck in and talk about james bond um so you all remember uh pierce brosnan pierce brosnan was like i don't know he was i think back in like the late 90s early 2000s kind of situation yeah i think Um, it was a couple bonds ago right he was he was one bond ago i'm pretty sure daniel craig took over for him and daniel craig is like still going um which i could talk about how I feel about Daniel Craig or anything and all that. But uh, Pierce Brosnan has gotten himself back into the news, uh, faded back in from irrelevancy essentially and said, it's time for a female 007 quote unquote, get out of the way guys uh, and put a woman up there. I think it would be exhilarating. It would be exciting. That's him saying that that's not me. Although I do have opinions on this. Um, So I don't know. I mean, this is only, uh, barely newsworthy because again, Pierce Brosnan is kind of like just some old, old Bond. He's thing. not terribly irrelevant. I think wasn't he in like Mamma Mia or something lately? He I don't was even in, know. Yeah, he was in the the Mamma Mia sequel, and he was also in this. Do you remember that Jackie Chan movie that came out where like he killed everyone? It was like Jackie Chan taken. Uh, Pierce Brosnan was in that, so like he's still like he's still working and stuff, but like certainly not anywhere with the anywhere near what he was when he was doing like die another day and stuff. But anyways, he feels this way now. Um, 
there has been pushback against a female bond. Um, apparently the current franchise's producers, uh, are resistant to the change. Uh, and I want to, I want to mention one of the current producers because her name, and I am not making this up. This is right in front of me in the article, Barbara Broccoli, which sounds like a name from a, from a children's book. From VeggieTales. Yeah. She's from VeggieTales. She may be from VeggieTales. It does. I, I don't have that information available, but, um, Pierce Brosnan says he does not think it's going to happen under the broccoli's watch, which is that's also just a, really a funny great quote. scene. Like, oh yeah. my god, the broccoli watch, the broccoli watch. Um, so, anyways, uh, there has been obviously a bunch of uh, Twitter, you know, I guess you could call it outrage against this. A lot of people pushing back against even the idea of a female 007. So, as controversial as it is, I do kind of want to get your guys' opinion on this. You know, James Bond, people have been saying that Daniel Craig's time has come to leave for years, and he's still going to be in Bond 25, but people are already talking about Idris Elba as the first African-American James Bond, um, and now they're talking about a woman. So, I, I, I guess, to kind of open it up more broadly, I don't know how big of James Bond fans you are, but everyone knows who the character is. He's this cultural icon, essentially, what do you want to see for the next James Bond? And it could be anything. So I have no problem with, I don't think it needs to be any specific skin color, I guess, for Bond. So that I'm cool with, but James Bond is James Bond, right? So James Bond is a, is a man. It's a man's body. name. It, it always has to be, in my opinion, a guy. Um, but it, in the same vein, they could do a, different double o i don't know double o six or double o eight where it's a live on the legacy thing i i, I don't have a problem sure. with that but i i don't think you could say this is james bond double o seven just make a new character so, but have it still be part of mi6 i think that um i think the double o seven designation is actually like really important i think it i think it means like like when you're a double o seven agent you know how they say like license to kill I think you can't kill anybody until you're a 007 and then it's like kill everyone you want. But I could be wrong about that. So like as far as like 006, 008, first of all, I don't even know if those are real designations. And second of all, I don't know what they mean. But I generally agree with what you're saying, which is, you know, um, if you want a female, a quote unquote female bond, there are, there have to be ways to create an equally enticing and perhaps even more enticing and more memorable female character within that universe because the james bond franchise is not it's mostly about james bond but it's about other things it's about m it's about you know money penny it's there's there's there is a universe there quote unquote so like you could put a female agent in that universe perhaps one who would even work with bond in a way that's not just a bond girl flopping over him essentially um where i think there's a lot you could do with female characters um for what it's worth in terms of like the current bond discussion i am all in on idris elba i think he would be amazing um agreed i just i just like him as an actor so like i think he certainly had like when i think of james bond i think of like i, I think the uh-huh. word is panache oh. I, oh, I what's panache mean i have to google what panache means but i think it's what i mean um essentially you want a guy who can like walk into a bar and order a martini shaken and not stirred and like be cool about it you know that's the most important thing james bond to me is not like a tough guy he's not he's not especially jacked 
I mean, he's in good shape, but like he he is the guy who walks into a bar and orders a drink and like commands the room with his coolness. And as I look up panache, I don't think panache is exactly what I mean. Panache means a flamboyant confidence of style or manner. I don't think that's what I mean at all. I mostly just mean like cool, classy, you know, secret agent. I don't know. Um, I do think a woman could fill that same role. I mean, I'm not so I'm, like I personally am not totally against it. I think you could shoehorn in somehow a, a girl, James Bond, call her like Jamie Bond or something. I think what would be more interesting, though, instead of trying to replace James Bond, if you did want to have a woman James Bond 007 type movie, then you make like a father daughter type team like he I mean, he's notorious. He kind of like sleeps around, have him discover a daughter. I think that would be an interesting (laughs) spin. Well, I mean, there's probably little discover one. (laughs) There's probably like little Jamie Bonds out there in some country that he's been in. So I think you could do that spin. I, I do think it would ruffle a lot of feathers, though, and I don't know if it would be worth Without it. Without a doubt. I, I mean, there's uh, like just the just Pierce Brosnan mentioning it off the cuff in an interview has people like, I mean, I could read some of these tweets, but they're not really very uh, interesting. I feel like they're most, most people are just like, oh, well, remember the Ghostbusters female remake? That was terrible. James Bond is a male. He was written that way in the books. End of story. Which like well, the Ghostbusters remake was different too, right? It wasn't yes the Mister Ghostbusters. It was Ghostbusters. It was generic squad of four people. That one I think was 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 easier to transition, and I didn't think it was bad at all. There's a lot more. I didn't see it, but there, there's a there, like you said. There's a lot more wiggle room in the concept there for like like quote unquote gender bending that made more sense. And frankly. I'm not even sure that you could call it gender bending because they're, they're in essence, gender neutral characters. James Bond does have this masculinity like inexorably associated with him. But I, I mean, I don't know how I feel about the father daughter take, but I totally agree with what you're saying. Nerd bomber that like, I think if they put in a strong female character as a co-protagonist or just as someone who has the same or can establish the same uh, continuity as James Bond has, then I, I not only, I not only think you could please a lot of people, but I think it would be really, really cool. Like I've always seen, to be honest, but like I'm not a James Bond fan. I'm not like a huge fan of the franchise. I've only ever seen really the Daniel Craig movies and they're like pretty good, but I thought Spectre was bad, but that's a whole nother discussion. But like, I've always found this whole like uh, Bond girl thing to be kind of weird. Well, like, don't get me wrong either. Um, I think the world could use a sexy yet elegant, strong female character that isn't just, oh, she's promiscuous, you know, that, right. that that's kind of a, a, a good role to show that, that you can do what you want and not be this floozy, for lack of a better term. It's a bad stigma, in my opinion. So basically, and, you're talking about Sarah Walker from Chuck being like the role model that everyone needs and deserves. I Bring was talking back about. Chuck. I was basically talking about Miss Piggy. You know, what she, now? she's confident. <laughs> she flaunts it, but like she's also classy. That's I mean, the, I, I, I. That's how. Like, I don't even. Th- that's how few role models there are like that. That there is a niche. There is my point, and the world could use more. But I don't think James Bond is the the one. Although I will say, I mean, it's not unheard of to see a traditionally male role go female. 
And a lot of people are up in arms about it to begin with, but then like they ease into the role and it actually works out pretty well. And one case in point, not to jump to another news topic, but just like to me- kind of mention in passing, but Haley Steinfeld is actually going to potentially, if she accepts the role, um, take on the mantle of Hawkeye in the, the Disney Plus Hawkeye show. So, I mean, it's not unheard of. I mean, that's a a character that was well-established in the comics and that people grew to accept. So it's not like totally unheard of, but I think James Bond is just so iconic that it's difficult to trifle with and not have some backlash. So basically no one cares about Hawkeye. I think after the the MCU, Hawkeye is like a pretty big character, but I think because the character as a female, like his predecessor, or not predecessor, who, who comes after Protégé. Protégé, Protégé, yes. There, it's a female. Yeah. I think because it's already well-established, people don't care. Plus, in the comics, there is a female Hawkeye already. That's right. Not, I, that's, what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Emma Bishop is her name. And then, and then, like, yeah, so I assume that Haley Steinfeld is being groomed for, like, the Emma... I think it's Emma Bishop, right? Tactic? Mm-hmm. You would know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I totally hear you. Like, I just... I don't even know if, like, as far as to go back to the Bond girls thing, like, I don't think it's this, the their promiscuousness that I just roll my eyes at. I think it's more that, like, in most Bond movies that I've seen, the female characters are, I feel like they're deliberately made to seem incompetent. And, like, as far as plot driving they're pretty much there for like eye con- eye candy and occasionally to be a damsel in distress which is like an extremely old-fashioned narrative notion yeah so like, it, it feels a little dated it feels extremely dated and i think like and, and maybe that's what pierce Brosnan meant by saying all that. i mean i doubt it i mean he pretty much just said there should be a female james bond but like i think it comes from a place of like okay the female characters in this franchise are getting kind of ridiculous like let's do something about it i kind of like where where nerd bomber was going where james bond is in the show but there is a strong female character kind of setting him straight when he does these ridiculous things because right uh, that that i think is awesome i I don't know if it's going to be one of his thousands of illegitimate children but uh (laughs) i think that's an option for sure yeah i just like I, it would probably be too radical to like make James Bond into the new M. And then in James Bond's place, there is some new female protagonist. Like that might be too far. I think it'd be cool, but people probably wouldn't like that. People want James Bond to stay where he is. Okay. So and especially since he's this like generational, like there's new actors every time you don't have to worry about actors aging up or anything. I don't know. Maybe this is a little bit too radical for people, but what if we just put James Bond to bed for a little bit? Like, get some new characters in there. I understand that James Bond is a generational character, but look at The Kingsman. Like, that was a pretty decent movie. And I feel like because I want to say it came out around the same time as one of the James Bond movies, or like at least pretty close. Probably. It didn't get the exposure that it probably deserved. And I feel like a lot of people reacted like, oh, this is good, but it feels like a knockoff James Bond. So what if we just put James Bond to bed, let him retire for like a decade? Because I think it's just like, it's getting a little tired. I mean, based on my, again, I mentioned that I, I don't even think I finished watching Spectre. So Skyfall was amazing. Skyfall was really, really good. But then Spectre came out and Spectre was not good. In my opinion, it was... I mean, I haven't seen many of the Bond movies, but it was easily the worst one I've ever seen. It did not even hold my attention, which 
I like secret agent stuff. It should be easy to hold my attention in a Bond movie, but that just didn't hold my attention. So yeah, I mean, but with that in mind, I could certainly get behind like at the very least, like let's get some fresh blood in here. What, but let's also like let it sit for a few years. Like people and, and Star Wars does this well too, where like people don't want too much of something. And I know you're thinking like Marvel Universe, Star Wars, blah, blah, blah. I think the reason the James Bond movies have lasted as long as they have and the reason that they're special is because they don't come out once a year or twice a year. Like they take their time. And I think if you increase that time, people are going to want one even more. But I don't know. There's uh, a lot more to discuss with James Bond. But for the time being, I guess I just want to ask you guys, even if you haven't seen the movies, just based on your general knowledge of James Bond who is the most james bond james bond to you because to me it's pierce brosnan he's like the cool englishman attractive looking guy i would agree like Like, when you ask me who is james bond he's the first person to pop into my mind yeah agreed i'm kind of on the same page and maybe it's a generational thing because like i bet if i asked like my dad he'd be like oh it's sean connery which like when I think of Sean Connery, I just think of like a ridiculous accent essentially and like white hair. But like Sean back then, like, like he, I mean, he was like the James Bond who was in like Goldfinger and all like he was like arguably the classic one, but I don't know. I just don't really think of him. I think more of Pierce Brosnan who's like this clean cut kind of guy that I certainly don't think of Daniel Craig because I, I don't know. I just, I'm not, I don't dislike Daniel Craig, but like, that is going a di- th- that his movies are going a different way from what I imagine James Bond to be, and I'm not saying his way is a bad way, but just when I think of James Bond, and it also might be because when I was growing up as a kid, and like I don't know, thinking about secret agent stuff more, it was Pierce Brosnan, so like it just comes more naturally to me that way. But anyways, I thought about um, the Spy Kids. Just oh saying. my god, did you see Spy Kids when it came out? Of course I saw Spy Kids. Who didn't I think see I Spy saw Kids? That, I think I saw it in theaters. And let me tell you, however old I was at the time, which had to be like eight or nine, if that, uh, the name of the girl, can't think of her name, the Spy Kids girl, I wanted to take her out for ice cream. I'll tell you. So that seems like a good place to, to put a pin in this discussion. Um, if you... If you have any James Bond thoughts, um, whether it's with regards to like a female James Bond or Idris Elba or any other kind of Bond that you would like to see, uh, hit us up on our social media accounts. uh, At Online Warriors 1 is our general Twitter handle. I am at Illegal86, and we have at Tectic. Is there a one on the end of that? At OW Tectic. You nailed it. Yeah, I think you're at OW Illegal also. Yeah, I messed up my own handle. At OW Illegal 86, at OW Tactic, and at OW Nerd Bomber. Um, So, yeah, James Bond is one thing. And another thing, of course, is the Antonio Brown stuff. Now, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, I guess I'll just kind of hit the high points. Um, For those of you who don't know about Antonio Brown, he is arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL uh in the off season i think this was back in february if i remember correctly he was traded from the steelers to the raiders after essentially making a big fuss about various things but i don't need to get into get into details on went to the raiders um and in the past few weeks 
he has essentially been i don't think it's going too far to call him a disaster of a of a person um he accidentally froze his feet in a cryogenic chamber trying to get like cryotherapy uh he complained a lot about his helmet because the nfl said you can't use his helmet anymore and he said well i'm retiring if i can't use his helmet anymore there was a big back and forth about that he appealed the league the league denied it etc and then this past weekend he asked the raiders to release him after a number of dust-ups including one with the general manager of the team and the raiders he asked us on instagram by the way he posted an instagram post saying a bunch of words and then ending it with saying release me and uh they said okay you are released uh because you are out of control and what happened is of course the new england patriots um who in my mind are the emperor palpatine of the nfl universe went and picked him up for a year and have him under contract now he did not play on sunday because that wasn't allowed via league rules but next week presumably he will be catching passes from tom brady so i don't know i have a lot of thoughts on this most of them negative but i'll swing it over to you guys to start so my first round of thoughts on this was it something shady is happening in the background and i think i already made this rhyme um it's definitely linked to tom brady and the patriots because the timeline of events how this happened was just absurd i believe he was released from the raiders around noon on saturday and by the end of the day on saturday he had signed a contract with the new england patriots and there were there were a couple things that came out over this past weekend um well obviously one the patriots were one of the first people to call the pittsburgh steelers when they started shopping him to trade him and the steelers told the patriots they did not want to trade him unless they had an exorbitant overpayment for him because they didn't want to give him to a rival which is pretty understandable so instead they traded him to the raiders um It also came out that Antonio Brown consulted with social media experts to figure out a way to accelerate his getting cut and released from the Raiders. So you can't tell me that something, some deal wasn't in place that kind of egged Antonio Brown on with his antics because he knew he was ultimately going to land with the Patriots. Additionally, I thought it was super weird. He released a video where he basically wiretapped John Gruden, made a super absurd, like it was just puzzling hype video with that wiretapped conversation and then used that to post on social media to try to get himself released. Super confusing. Like the production value on the video was just weird. It was just so strange. I have not seen the video yet. Um, However, I do have a few points to add. Uh, One, it has come out in the past day that John Gruden apparently approved of the use of the phone conversation. I'm not sure if he approved of the initial recording, but apparently Antonio Brown did ask if he could use it for the Bizarre Hype video and Gruden said yes. However, um, I do also want to note that, and this is complete non-exaggeration, as you were speaking, uh my mom who is also a football fan texted me saying wow more antonio brown news did a quick google and 11 minutes ago per the new york times he has been accused of sexual assault in a lawsuit um this is literally just breaking now this is probably the most breaking news we've ever had on this podcast um he has been accused of three separate incidents two in 2017 and another in 2018 of sexually assaulting a woman named i'm not going to say her name because that doesn't seem important 
when they were in college together. So um, we don't need to talk about that now. That's obviously very fresh, but suffice to say. That's not even when they were in college together. There's another one who was one of his trainers who he apparently assaulted on three separate occasions in 2017 and 2018. Yeah, no, this is this is that woman. They met when they were attending college together and he later hired her as his trainer. Um, In any case. It's just another thing to throw on the pile in terms of like, this guy is a complete mess. Um, I completely agree with what you've been, what you said just now about the fact that um, there is, I feel, and this may be a a result of bias because I am relatively anti-patriot. There seems to be some kind of collusion going on here. I mean, it all seems very fishy slash suspicious that this guy hired consultants to accelerate him getting released from the team. Um, he was almost immediately picked up by the Patriots who actually made an offer. I can't remember if you said this, but they made an offer to trade for him back when the Steelers were looking to trade for him. And the Steelers said no, because they didn't want to trade him to the Patriots. Um, you know, this guy had to know what was going to happen. And I just, my overwhelming thought is that I don't like the message at all that this sends. Like, granted, when I was a kid watching football, I would like to think that Antonio Brown, in all of his madness, would be the last person I would look up to. But if there are kids out there who are using him as any kind of role model, what he has just taught those kids is that if you cry, if you complain, if you don't show up to work, if you essentially just go crazy on your employers you can get a better job. You can get a better position. You can go play for the reigning world champions. It's just like, it's a horrible precedent. And like, it also sets a horrible precedent for teams around the league uh, in terms of the leverage that star players now apparently have over them. Um, If I was an owner, I would be really scared right now because it just shows that players can twist the screws in you to twist the screws on you in bizarre ways. And apparently using social media as a weapon and um, get exactly what they want. And, you know, Um, I'm all for players getting what they want and what they deserve. Like I have mixed feelings about the players who are holding out to get bigger contracts. Like if you look at Melvin Gordon or what love bell, but when it comes to money, I mean, that's just contract negotiation. And I will say like, give those guys the, the, I guess, the applause or accolades that they deserve for not taking a lot of it to social media. And like, for the most part, it all was happening behind the scenes. Like, sure, they weren't playing, but it wasn't like this big dramatic show. And they weren't trying to pull at like the media's heartstrings or the public's heartstrings or I don't even know. Like, is anybody even feeling sympathetic for Antonio Brown right now? Like, I don't even understand what the aim of this was. Absolutely not. Like, there's no way. He just looks like a clown. And I I don't know. Does he have an agent? This is probably a dumb question. Drew Rosenhaus, who is, I think, one of the bigger agents in the league, is his agent. So, and, two questions. Do you think yeah. his agent told him to do all this? Because obviously he gets a cut. There are people that think that... Sorry, I know you have another question, but to answer this first one. There are people that think that Brown is not... Brown himself is not stable enough to, like, mentally speaking. Not mentally stable enough to orchestrate a secret deal with the Patriots himself. And there are a lot of people who think that Rosenhaus did it. Um, I don't I don't know. I don't really fall either way on that. But 
But I would almost argue that he has painted this public picture that he's not stable in order to get himself released. Because the reason that the Raiders really released him is because he was this like hurricane in the locker room. Could you imagine dealing with this guy and then having to basically face the rest of the team and be like, don't pay attention to this distraction? Like, I feel like he he knew what he was doing a little bit. He sold himself as kind of crazy so that he they wouldn't feel guilty about cutting him loose. I mean, well, and, and, the cryotherapy, the helmet thing, those things don't happen, like, I don't know. Other players don't have issues with them, those two things. Like, I, I've well, never heard of someone getting their feet. Right, but the agent could have gone, okay, here's what we're doing. Great, so. but I'm just saying, like, I think he probably bought into this image so that things could accelerate the way that he wanted them to. Well, and also, you know, another aspect of it is that he could have been doing all this stuff because, and, and, you know, I'm sure you felt the same way when you heard the news on Saturday that he was released. By the time he had done all the things that he did and he got released, everyone in the world who was an NFL fan knew that the only locker room who would want a piece of him and the only locker room that could handle him would be the New England Patriots. And that could be by design. He could have been like, all right, if I do enough out of control things, by the time the Raiders finally cut me, there will be only one destination left for me and it will be you know bill belichick's locker room which you know what i, you know what I, I really know. hope um so the i really hope it was a situation where the agent told him to act that way and i i hope he doesn't know how to turn it off now that he got what he wanted and the agent's just sitting there like oh okay all right you could stop now and he just continues to go just bad shit that'd be amazing <laughs> i you know i i don't know like i i have a feeling based on previous uh similar uh experiences with like quote unquote bad boys going to the patriots that he will suddenly turn into a model citizen uh it's amazing what the promise of a super bowl ring will do he gave up what 30 million dollars worth of guaranteed money in oakland to go get a ring and you know what that's important to him and it's important to a lot of players i get it but he is a crybaby and he made a deal and he welched on it. It's as simple as that. You know, it, to me, it's, it goes back to the schoolyard. Like it's not that hard to understand. He went back on a deal and any negative criticisms he's getting right now are absolutely deserved. Like that, that's, that's where I land on it. I am not an AB fan. Uh, last night at the game also, did you guys watch the game last night? The Oakland game? No, we didn't. We caught the first, I think, quarter of it, but then it got too late and I went to bed. There were um, chants in the stadium that I can't repeat on the air because they 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 feature some wordy dirts. But um, essentially, the, there were some chants disparaging AB uh, from the crowd. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I feel for Oakland fans. Uh, Oakland also the organization made a classy move I think today it was they essentially said that they would allow trades of all Antonio Brown jerseys uh, so good for them good on them for that um, I would love to see Oakland beat New England in the AFC championship I don't think it's going to happen I don't think Oakland's good enough but that'd be pretty cool <laughs> so yeah um, if you heard about the AB news if you have any thoughts you'd like to add to our conversation again hit us up on the social medias and um 
for the time being we will take a quick break to shout out our lovely patreon producer mr ben checkness now uh stay tuned because uh fairly soon here i want to say next episode but i don't want to make any promises uh ben will be joining us on the podcast that is one of his many privileges as a podcast uh sorry a patreon producer so um ben supports us on patreon at the highest of our three levels which is the night level as a result he gets a shout out like this one on every episode he also gets input into our uh, game segments and uh since ben has been supporting us for three months now is that correct yep um he will be uh enjoying a guest spot on the show so if you want to be as cool as ben because ben's a pretty cool guy um you can head over to support us um as a night level subscriber ben also gets uh, access to our monthly secret segments and our monthly vlogs and um it's worth noting there are two other levels at which you can support us there is the squire level which uh gives you access to the secret segment and the monthly vlog and also the page level which gives you secret segment access so if you want to be a part of that if you want to support us and what we do um we really appreciate it and we would direct you to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast so if you guys enjoy listening to podcasts and you want to get paid for it you can download the podcoin app on both apple and android devices if you download the app and you listen to podcasts through it you will get paid in podcoin for every minute that you listen and then you can redeem those podcoin for gift cards or even donate them to charity so if you do like listening to our podcasts or others like us check it out Again, that's called Podcoin, and if you sign up with our promo code, Online Warriors, you will get 300 bonus Podcoin just for signing up. Woo-wee. Right on. And uh, now we are going to take a few seconds to uh, allow one of our podcast friends for a shout-out. Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast. Every week, the ODPH is talking sports, movies, TV, comics, and more. It's always a parlay of topics on each episode. You can find the ODPH on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you find great podcasts, such as the one you're listening to right now. Don't forget to check out OchoDuroParlayHour.com, where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts, links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show, hashtag 607 podcast info, and parlay points are our companion block section of the show. Thanks for listening to the ODPH. Now get back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Uh, we're back and we are here to round out our news segment for the week by talking to you about Borderlands 3. Um, so as of this recording, which is Tuesday, um, apparently yesterday, Monday, um, some Borderlands 3 reviews started hitting the internet, but um, only at a select few websites. Um, and this is due to kind of a funky system that 2k has going on so 2k is publishing borderlands 3 and um essentially what happens is um usually my understanding is that when websites are asked to review a game they are sent they are sent retail codes for the game which means they can essentially get a copy of the game play it do whatever they need to it to write their review 2k is doing something different um Instead, they are setting people up, setting reviewers up with a, an account on Epic Game Store with the game unlocked and barraging the reviewers with warnings <laughs> about like existing technical issues, I guess, random crashes. Um, DirectX 12 apparently has issues. I don't know. 
Um, but it all seems really funky, especially for a game that's supposed to come out later this week. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, you guys are Borderlands people. I've only played the first one for maybe an hour or so. Um, I liked it, but I know you guys are much more into it. So I guess, first of all, does this news deter you from, I don't know if you have plans to get it immediately. I don't really know, but seems scary to me. So it doesn't really deter me from wanting to play the game. Um, I think I, I was planning on getting it this Friday when it does release, but at the end of the day, I'm kind of backlogged because Gears 5 also just came out and I, I want to play that too and I just haven't gotten around to it. So I'll probably end up picking it up next week, but the entire situation just seems really strange. It's something that I haven't really seen before in terms of what um, developers give people to review their games. It's just... It leads me to believe, like, how do we know that they're not changing these games and, like, loading these accounts up so that they have more fun or that they get better drops or something like that so that the reviews are kind of skewed? And, it, I mean, it seems a little bit odd for me, and um, I'm biased. I'll just say that outright. I love Borderlands. So, like, it seems weird that they would even need to do that. So it leads me to believe that they're not, and it's just some, like, weird system and security system they're trying to implement but I don't know. It's just, it's very strange. Yeah, I don't think they, they were skewing them toward the positive end if that was the case because of how buggy they were. I think probably earlier on in the development, they realized that they were coming close to the schedule. So they probably just set, made a decision and said, this is what we're going to give the developers. Let's keep uh, the final version under wraps and, and make sure that it's perfect upon release. That's my sus suspicion, but I'm also a... Uh, optimistic kind of guy i also knew oh, they were dealing say. with leaks i know we had talked about it i think a couple episodes ago but like that weird thing where uh i think a streamer was having people pay a him yeah a youtuber was having people pay him on patreon because he found a way into the system and had leaks and was basically leaking information for money and i know that was a whole big scandal around there so maybe this was their way of trying to keep things a little bit more under lock and key and like if information did get out ahead of the review embargo lifting then maybe that it'd be easier for them to trace back i'm really not sure it also it's a little strange to me that they severely limited what websites had access and some of it's probably like personal things because i know randy pitchford has been in a lot of heat lately and a lot of the websites that were kind of critical of him didn't get access to a review copy of the game so i don't know if it's related but at the same time like I guess no one's entitled to get a review copy of the game. And all that means is that we'll have to wait a week or two or however long it takes people to play through enough to get good review quality content under their belt to see what they think of the game. So what console are you planning? Well, so, so I'm looking at the Metacritic scores now that are, ex are in existence. Um, it looks like Xbox One and PlayStation do not have scores yet, but on PC it has an 85, which is pretty good uh so people are liking it it seems like um i mean the formula uh, itself if you have played a borderlands game before i think you know exactly what you're going to be getting with this one unless they really shake it up drastically which i don't think that they have like you're basically getting new characters to play with and maybe a more fleshed out story but the things that i've heard about the story is that it's just kind of there to help facilitate the gameplay but it's not really super critical so, Which is my experience with the first one. I mean, it's a loot shooter, right? You're just running around, shooting stuff, picking stuff up. Exactly. I 
Like, there's not a whole lot they could innovate that would change my opinion of the game one way or another. Like, I liked the games to begin with, so I'm probably going to like this one. And we will right. be getting it on Xbox just because that's where our friends play. And for those of you who haven't played any of the Borderlands and you are a 90s baby who loves couch co-op, just know they're all split screen. So get your best pal and get playing. Yeah, I played Borderlands 1. I actually did. I really did enjoy it. I was playing it on the 360 with my brother and it was split screen and it was a lot of fun. And, and I, you know, I would assume they've stuck with that same formula and based on my admittedly limited experience, like there's no need to deviate from that. Um, seemed like they had it figured out. I was a fan of it. Um, so hopefully they get the kinks worked out ahead of the release and gamers get what they're looking for. Um, so I guess we'll have to check in with you guys next week, question mark, about um, how your experience... Oh, no, it's, you said you're backlogged. Um, yeah, so next maybe we week, won't hear about it for a while. <laughs> we'll either talk about gears or borderlands but this week man i had the best intentions i know we're getting a bit off topic but i had the best intentions to play gears and i just didn't do it that was because i kept pushing to beat marvel ultimate alliance that's true we're close well i mean uh in the interest of updates we, we can move on so uh you're trying to finish ultimate alliance we can we can do a what are you up to wednesday and um get more updates from you guys so Marvel Ultimate Alliance. H- have you finished it? Have you managed to do that? No, we have not finished it yet. But the, this has been the... This is what I like to call the most depressing weekend of summer. Um, Yikes. It's when you winterize everything. So uh-huh. That's this coming weekend or it was last that's weekend? That's been this week. And that's why the playing of Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 has been not as much as I'd like to. But I don't need to. I don't need to go into my sorrows. I can very easily pass this one on to Nerd Bomber and go cry in my corner. Well, try to be quiet because she's going to be talking. So I've actually been reading a book. Um, it's the next book in the Red Rising series. I'm blanking on the name. Ed. That's so. That's bad. Actually, it's called Dark Age. There it is. Um, so I don't know if you either of you have read the Red Rising series at all. Nope. In uh, I have not. No. Um, I think it started as a young adult series and then quickly turned into something that was a little bit more like gory and adult. And it, it was a series I actually really enjoyed. And then um, it was originally a trilogy. The story kind of wrapped up, and the author came back for more. So now he's <laughs> making bless you. Uh, Thank you. A second trilogy set. And so the first book, I believe, came out last year in this new second trilogy. And this is the second part of the second trilogy, which is confusing, but not really. Um, Overall, I've gotten about 100 pages in. It's like a massive book. I think I'm looking at a 750 pager, I think. The book is big enough where it's uncomfortable to hold. So it's it's one of those like mammoth books. And... I'm enjoying getting back into the world, but it's just taken a really long time to develop because I don't know if you guys actually read a series when they come out. Um, it's it's kind of difficult for me to jump back in because I don't remember what happened. I don't remember like the lore of the story and the world. I, I don't know like the linguistics and it takes me so long to just get back into it. And some books tackle this by like revisiting and rehashing 
And the Dark Age did not do any of that. They just kind of jumped right in. And I was just like drowning in vocabulary that I didn't understand. So I had that same problem back when I was a kid with like every time a new Harry Potter book would come out, I'd be like, all right, got to go back and read all six of them before I read the seventh one. So Exactly. Yeah, it's kind of like that. So I'm finally starting to get to a place where I'm remembering everything and like kind of getting a good feel for the world again. So I'm starting to enjoy it a little bit more, but it did take me like a good solid hundred pages to do that. And I'm hoping I can finish it before I have to return it to the library. Well, fingers crossed. Um, on my end, uh, first of all, I think that is that the first time I've ever sneezed on a podcast or has there been a sneeze on the podcast before? I, I don't know. I don't think so. I know I've coughed a lot. The, the, the point I'm trying to make is that one one facet of my update is seasonal allergy season is upon us or at the very least it's upon me i've been sneezing a lot lately so that will probably happen again maybe not in this episode but certainly in the next um otherwise i want to shout out uh dr sleep which is the latest stephen king that i've finished reading over this past weekend it was very good i was a big fan of it looking forward to the movie which i think comes out later this year or next year um book was great uh big fan and i'm now starting it which i'm certainly not going to finish before i watch the movie because that book is like 1300 pages um but in terms of movies uh i did not yet see it but i saw once upon a time in hollywood finally which has been out for like a month almost a month and a half i think now um was not a fan i don't know how you guys feel about tarantino but uh i did not care for it for a number of reasons that I'm not going to go through here because there's too many, but it looked too slapsticky for me to enjoy. It's not, it's not slapsticky, but like, so have you seen Pulp Fiction? No, it's okay. Well, it's kind of like Pulp Fiction, um, which I also did not like Pulp Fiction either. Um, if you hate me for saying that, tell me so on Twitter. Uh, I don't know. Like there's, there's a number of, disconnected stories um it also kind of goes the route of inglorious bastards with some revisionist history basically changing the entire landscape of the manson family murders um but overall there's a lot of like very self-serving indulgence of like tarantino saying i want to do this thing because i'm quentin tarantino and i'm a really famous director and he does this thing which has no bearing on any part of the story and just puts it in there which i am not really a fan of but um i talk about that a lot more if i shameless plug um I do have a blog called Tuesdays with Corey and uh, I will post the link to it on my Twitter uh, where I talk about my experience with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and yeah, go give that a read if you want to know more about why I didn't like the movie. But my update for now is that I didn't like that movie uh, and if you can't tell, I'm, I'm bent out of shape about it because I wanted it to be better. I felt like uh, it was one of those movies that was severely overhyped it was extremely hyped i was maybe and it's it's also gotten good reviews so i feel like it's one of the more overrated movies of the year but again that's just one man's opinion um people might hate me for this but generally speaking so i like leo dicaprio usually he pulls off he was amazing he's like really good but brad pitt there's just something about him lately i would say in the last decade any movie that he's in i'm just kind of like and even if it's like a critically acclaimed movie i just there's something about it that I just don't like. And it's usually him. And I don't so know I, why. I hear you on that. Um, if there was one thing about the movie that was not a problem, I would say it was the entire cast. Like Brad Pitt was 
really good. Leo was phenomenal. He will probably, he will certainly be nominated for an Oscar. I don't know if he'll win, but he was unbelievable. Uh, he was easily the best part of the movie, um, which again made it all the more frustrating. But anyways, I, I digress. Um, speaking of movies, let's, let's get the update on our fantasy movie league here. And uh, interesting update this week, just because Nerd Bomber did not win. Uh, and in I fact, wasn't she wasn't even close. close yeah um this was your worst your worst weekend in a while i would say and granted a lot of us are very closely clumped together but i'll I'll go through the rankings anyways so this past week uh as we've already mentioned it chapter two came out um and there was a friday saturday sunday split it looks like the way to go which is the way that i went and the way that hackett's tech who came in first place went and spitfire was to pick the friday and sunday for that movie and not the saturday um in any case, Hecate's Tag did come in first place, so shout out to him or her. Um, had 87.5 million, uh, followed by Spitfire at 86.9, Devin Reed at 86.8, uh, myself at 84.8, so I came in fourth, which was a, it was a better week for me than usual. Uh, our good friend Ben at 84.2.5, uh, Mecha Yoda at 84. 07 so yeah we're all very close to 84 hipster pop geek at 84 even and then nerd bomber down in eighth place at 83 8 secret asian man at 78 62 and finally tactic at 77 what happened man yo i've i've totally forgot to finish my lineup yeah you did you did leave a slot empty which i which i did notice um see this is interesting because he told me that he was trying a new technique and he did it on purpose oh my goodness so if he's lying to one of us um but i'll never tell the beans have been spilled tactic the beans have been spilled um looking at the overalls though uh nerd bomber is still in a very comfortable first place at just about 337 million on the season devin reed in a cool second place at 315 tactic third place at 306 hipster pop geek i'd still say it's cool it's a cool third place it's pretty cool yeah uh, I mean, you're above three. So, Hipster Pop Geek is in fourth place with 295, closer to 296, actually. I am right behind him with 295.7. Uh, and Mecha Yoda at 284, Spitfire at 281, our friend Ben at 235, Hecate's Tech at 229, and Secret Asian Man, who just got in on the action, way down at 78. But uh, we appreciate having you there, Secret Asian Man. And we appreciate having any future competitors. If you want to get in on the fun, uh, pick Cineplexes every week, try and make a bunch of money, head on over to fantasymovieleague.com slash online warriors podcast. Uh, well, actually, no, there's no sl- I don't think it works like that. But our league name is online warriors podcast. So you can search for our league and it's a private league, but the password is podcast all lowercase. So come enjoy the art of cinema or at least the art of cinema business with us um and while we're talking about the cinema business and it um our trivia topic this week is hosted by me exciting days and it's stephen king trivia oh i'm gonna nail this i'm not i have every book i'm looking at a shelf right now shout out to my girlfriend who got me every single stephen king book that he's ever written for my birthday they're all sitting on a shelf within view so granted i've only read like eight of them but i'm feeling pretty good so well, how embarrassing almost... will it be when you lose 
pretty embarrassing is the answer to that. All right, so let's start this off. First things first, and no looking at your bookshelf, illegal, although I guess I have no way of verifying that you're doing that. How many uh, books system. has Stephen King written? Oh. I'm sorry, let me clarify, novels. Tactic, would you like me to go first? Yeah. Okay. I have a general sense of the number, but I I, cert- I'm, I don't even think looking at the bookcase would help me. I'm not going to spend that much time counting all the books. Um, I'm going to pick the first number that popped into my head, and I'm going to say 60. Tactic, what do you think? That feels like a bust to me, so I'm going to go 30. All right. Well, Illegal actually had that one right on the nose. He has 60 novels published, and I think wow. he has one pending that'll be coming out in 2020, but I didn't count that one. See, now everyone's going to think that I'm cheating, but I, I didn't even ha- I wouldn't have had enough time to even look at the shelf and count all of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, Likely I, story. I, I, I just, I just want it for the record. I just wanted to, I just want to say that, but people can think what they want to think. It's obviously a 60 book shelf. You just look at it once. Cause that's how it works. Um, Indeed. So the next question then is how many of those novels have turned into movie adaptations? Uh, clarifying question. What oh, about sorry. movies that have been made multiple times? Do they count? Do you know if they count multiple times or it's just how many books have been turned into movies before? Oh boy. I think it's just how many movies that was the, que- that was the number that I saw. How many Stephen King movies have been made? I'll, okay. I'll phrase there's probably it like not that. a, there's probably like not a huge difference. Uh, I'm just being a jerk. Tactic. I'm going to go with 12. Okay. It's higher than that. Uh, 18. All right. Well, you're both wrong, but illegal is closer. It's 43. Okay, what? Yeah. That sounds about, I, yeah, I, I went safe, but I knew it was higher than 12. It, there's been a lot of movies. Even there are a lot of movies that you don't think are based on his work that are based on his work is my guess. Like I mean, you've never heard of the book, but it's a movie like stand by a me, lot of, I think was one that stand honestly, by me, until I got older, I had no idea that was based off a Stephen King book. The Shawshank Redemption. Uh, one of the most popular movies ever in, in terms of like it's IMDb score. That's based on Stephen King. Most people don't know that. I had no idea of that one. Yeah. There's a lot. Uh, the mist is not, well, the mist you would, you would guess though, but there's, yeah, there's been quite a few suffice to say. Plus they've made a bunch of really bad movies. Like they made a movie out of Cujo, which is like probably his worst book. So, yeah. All right. So a little bit of knowledge for you, followed by a question, is that Stephen King has also published books under a pen name. So how many books have been published under this pen name? It is um, Richard Bachman. Yeah, I was, I was, well, was going to I was going to say what it is because I, I wanted to impress everybody, but that's fine. Uh, it's not many. I'm going to say five. All right, Tectic, what do you think? I'm going to go with six. All right, so Tectic gets his first point. There have been seven ah. books published oh, under the pen on. name. God. All right, well played. Well played, Tectic. I have to play dirty if I'm going to win this one. Hey, you, you know, you, got, you do whatever you can to win. I respect it. All right, so this question's a little bit off the beaten path, but how many homes does Stephen King own? Um, Don't I go first? Yeah, you go first. Sorry. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm vocalizing. I'm going to go with, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, six. All right, See, illegal. I don't, I, don't, I don't think he's that lavish. I think he's a simple man. 
two. Okay, so Illegal gets that point because he owns three different houses. Yeah, I mean, he's probably, I know he's got one up in the Northeast. He's probably got like one vacation home and then like a, a secret love den or something. I don't know. I don't want to implicate Stephen King in anything. All right, so the current okay. score is Illegal with three and Tactic with one. So you still about. have some potential to come back, Tactic. It's not all over yet. How many questions, how many more questions do we have? I have two questions and one of them has a bonus. Oh, exciting. Okay. So the next question is what year did he graduate from the University of Maine? <sighs> this one's me, right? Uh, n- um, 1974. Okay, what do you think, Tactic? I'm going to go with 1965. Oh, he ain't that old. All right, so Tactic actually gets this right. He graduated in 1970. Ah, oh, wow. Well played. All right, I respect it. We were both pretty close. I'm proud of both of us. So this is the last question, and then I'll follow it up with a bonus. That is not a numbers-based bonus. So if you get it right, it truly is a full bonus. So Tactic, if you if you get the bonus, you could tie it up. Wow, this is exciting. When was the first movie adaptation of a Stephen King novel released? Okay. I'm going to go 1979. All right, Illegal, what do you think? Man, that's a really strong guess, first of all. I'm pretty sure you're very close. I'm going to go with the under. I'm going to say 1973. All right, so that kind of puts the nail in the coffin. Illegal gets the point. It came out in 1976. So, man. I guess just to round it out, do either of you know, for the bonus point, what movie this was? Oh, Carrie, right? That is correct. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Carrie is a weird movie if you haven't seen it. So I'm going to make my guess. Um, <laughs> go, go ahead. I'm going to go with Carrie. Wow, oh, look, done. you got it too. Good for you, Tactic. <laughs> Feels good. Yeah. Carrie is weird. Uh, Sigourney Weaver is in it. Sissy Spacek is in it. Um, it was her first movie, actually. Uh, if you don't know what Carrie's about, a girl gets covered in blood and gets covered in blood. It kills everybody. Pretty it sweet. was recently remade, right? Yeah, with uh, with the girl from Kick-Ass. Can't think of her name. Chloe Grace Moretz. I can't think of her name. Um, I don't know if that one was any good, but I did see the 1976 one, and it's it's 1976 cinema, I'll tell you that much. Low, low budget, low effects quality. Honestly, a lot of those lot of old ones... Um, Oh man, Tactic, what was the movie that we were just talking Pet about? Pet Cemetery. Yeah, is Pet that the Cemetery. One? Oh my gosh, that is like the creepiest movie and it, like cinematic value. Like there's not a lot of special effects. The There's just weird like stuffed animals that are in the movie and it's very like old school, you can tell. But for whatever reason, it is the creepiest freaking movie that I've seen in quite a long time. No thank you, no, my- sir. My Movies. brother, brother and sister-in-law saw they saw that old one, and they were like, "That was pretty." Like they were like scared. I mean, like you said, like it's goofy, but they were scared by it. Like, it I saw movies, the new one, and I didn't. Movies nowadays play on the shock factor. 
back then they they focused a lot more on the the psychological thriller. The the remake of Pet Cemetery that came out this year, which I also wrote a review on, and I think I talked about it here. It wasn't. It didn't do it for me. Um, I was not remotely scared at any point. Uh, they made some changes to the source material that I wasn't really on board with. That I think took a lot of the juice out of it. Um, and I was overall just bored for a lot of it. So I don't know. But I agree with you that I think like horror movie horror movies these days tend to rely a lot on like jump scares and a lot of gross gore and like to an extent I think that's why Hereditary was so good because it was much more unsettling and a lot less jump scares driven. So anyways, uh, I will be hosting the game next week, which is exciting topic tbd thank you to ben for that topic assuming he provided it question mark yep or yeah um so we thank ben and, and we thank all of you listeners out there for listening once again to us talk about things um if you <laughs> yeah i don't know why i said that but it's true uh if you like what you hear feel free to go on over to uh apple podcasts and leave us a review and uh, again, just hit us up on social media if you're interested in interacting with us. And um, with that, I will say, what was it? Heidi Ho? Au revoir. Howdy Ho. Au revoir. Oh, wow. Either way, uh, have a great day or a great evening or whatever you want. And we'll see you next week.